Hey guys, Josh Neighbors here, the host of the Locked On Nationals podcast. One quick note before this podcast, there were some audio issues. Nothing really cuts out at any point in time. My audio quality is just a little bit lower than Connor's is. Currently getting my microphone installed at my new Yeti mic, so we'll have that situated by podcast probably number two or three. But just for right now, the audio quality is a bit lower. Bear with us as we get rolling on this podcast. We are really excited to get going. Connor and I, on this first one, we are going to discuss the national. Uh, postseason departures, but first we're going to talk about uh, that cheating scandal. The, the cheating scandal that's really rocked the Major League Baseball uh, world right now, and kind of how it pertains to the Nationals and, and in general, um, what effect it could have on the Nationals because there are some some ties where it could directly affect them. So, please enjoy. This is the first edition of the Locked On Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And welcome to the first Locked On Nationals podcast your one-stop shop for all things about the reigning, defending, undisputed world champion, Washington Nationals. We are so excited to get things going. My name is Josh Neighbors. Alongside me today, my good friend and a person who I I would have to say, uh, when people use the term rabbi, I would say you're my rabbi, Connor, when it comes to the Washington Nationals. Nobody knows this organization better than you. You've watched them uh, through thick and thin, really since their inception. So, um, we have a lot of ground to cover. This is not like one of those deals where there's this podcast existed and there were a whole lot of people that were talking about the Nationals on the Lockdown Network. So we've got a lot of ground to cover when it comes to the offseason. And the, the additions are more important. But when it comes to the Washington Nationals, the departures were big. So we'll get to that in a little while. But boy, do we have a really fun scandal to talk about in Major League Baseball. I will say this. First question to you, Connor. I think I know your answer. Scandal for sign stealing. Good or bad for baseball? Bad. Bad. Absolutely bad. That's not something that I think is good for the sport. And I've seen that, you know, on the networks the last few days, people saying it's potentially good for baseball. I don't think that that's something that you want your sport to be associated with. I think that it's a bad look when your star players are involved in something like that. You don't you don't want that. That's not beneficial. If you see something in pro sports, you know, if, if Patrick Mahomes was involved in a scandal, you think the NFL would like that? I don't think so at all. I think that MLB feels the exact same way about Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman potentially being involved in something like this. Yeah, I think that's dangerous, especially with the stars being involved. I think there is, there is something to the idea of all press is good press. Like this is the most that we have talked about Major League Baseball in the month of January. Can you think of another time where we discussed it this much? Yeah, it's absolutely been a not been a slow off season, which at times in baseball it obviously has been. Last year, for example, was was a big one of those. But the thing with Major League Baseball is when it comes time for the actual games, people are still tuning in. People are interested in their teams, that sort of thing. It's just the off the field stuff. It typically doesn't have as much drama off the field as is what you see potentially in other sports, like especially the NBA, something like that. But you're absolutely right from the perspective of we're talking about Major League Baseball in January, which you don't see often. And, and you know, with Nolan Arenado's recent comments on the Colorado Rockies, that's another example of people talking baseball at a time of the year where a lot of times it's kind of on the back burner. They've done a really good job of positioning themselves. And I, I want to give you an analogy for this, this scandal because I, I think we've opened up a Pandora's box. And I, I was listening to a college football podcast, podcast I didn't play nobody last week, and they were talking about how in SEC recruiting, there is this idea that like you, you can go and bend the rules and go outside of them because 
everybody knows some dirt on everybody. This is an idea that's called, you know, mutually assured destruction. And it goes back to the Cold War. You know, if Russia hits the U.S., the U.S. is going to destroy Russia and, and vice versa. And so, you know, I think this idea of mutually assured destruction we've seen because it just seems to be allegation after allegation. You know, there have been discussions that the Dodgers are the worst amongst everybody. And they've been playing the victim of, out of all the teams, I would say, the most. So I think it's really interesting because this feels like a Pandora's box of mutually assured destruction because this is a part of the game, right? Everybody's always trying to steal signs. Now, clearly there's a line that's been crossed, but I think now there's a certain level of going back and forth that is going to be destructive, for I think, for a lot of teams. What do you think? I think that when technology gets involved, that's when there's a problem. Yes. Is, like, there's all, all sorts of sign stealing involved in Major League Baseball that there's nothing wrong with and is perfectly fine within the game. I think that if we're looking at something like this, the allegations against the Houston Astros, that's not okay. And I'm not – it's hard for anybody to sit here and say, you know, what other teams are or are not doing in the league. But one thing that is certainly – has been seen is that there are some players that are legitimately frustrated within other franchises. You've seen guys like Mike Clevenger speak out with a, um, you know, a, a Cleveland Indian who was with the Indians battling against the Astros in a lot of big playoff series. Trevor Bauer for years when he was with the Indians, I mean, he's always kind of talked about the Astros and, you know, whether you, you give those opinions any weight or, or whatever with that, there's legitimately some frustration from guys within the league. So I think it's hard to say that, you know, it's something that everybody's doing across Major League Baseball. I think that there's certain people at fault. And right now, I don't think we have enough information to truly understand what exactly has gone on and who the people are that are at fault. Yeah, I think what's interesting here from a Nationals perspective is you'd think the story would end with, well, the Nationals opponent in the World Series last year just lost their manager and their players are being accused of cheating. And obviously, there, there's been some erroneous activity. The extents of it, we still need to find out. Um, but the, really the biggest story is not A.J. Hinch being fired. It's, it's the fact that now Tim Bogar, who was a ca- candidate for the New York Mets job, now kind of becomes a candidate once again for that job because the Mets are without manager and Carlos Beltran. So a division rival, you know, do you see them taking another pass at Bogar? I totally think it's possible because not only are the Mets in a weird spot where it's a January coaching search, you're going up against two other teams. So you're, and not only two other teams, you're going up against the Astros and you're going up against the Red Sox. I don't like the odds for the Mets against the two teams that they're going up against currently. I don't like their odds against the Astros. It's a better roster, more talent, more proven. And uh, also for the Red Sox, too, it's a better roster. Now, obviously, they've got some things going on with which players are going to be coming and going. And uh, there's some issues there. But still, like, it's a great franchise. And so, you know, the, do you think the Nationals are in danger of potentially losing Tim Bogart? I certainly think that's a possibility. You, you mentioned that he was a candidate last go around with the New York Mets, which he obviously was. And if you look at that going into this upcoming search for the Mets, you'd have to certainly think he'd be involved as a candidate again. I think for the Nationals, though, the one thing that they do have going for them is that they have only lost one coach off of that World right. Series staff, and that was Joe Dillon. So that's something that's you certainly look at it as a positive because anytime you see it across all sports, when you win a championship, your coaching staff gets rated a little bit. So, so far they've been able to keep a large portion of, of those guys together. And I think that's obviously great for the, the team going forward. But right now, Tim Bogar candidate with the New York bets. I certainly see that. I think he's one of the favorites for the job. 
As a listener of this great podcast, you will hear about all the other great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Nationals podcast is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Nats fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with the Nationals fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so moving on now uh, to the, the actual departures. Uh, a lot to get to. You know, not a ton of guys left, actually. The, the, the additions really outnumbered the subtractions in terms of sheer number. But the, the position players not named Anthony Rendon departing, I'll give them to you right now. Matt Adams, free agent. Brian, De, uh, Brian Dozier, free agent. And then Gerardo Parra signed internationally to play elsewhere. They combined for one, over 1,000 plate appearances, 216 hits, and 140 RBI. So out of those guys, which one do you think is the most crucial loss i would say of those options i think it's gerardo parra because gerardo parra when he showed up with the nationals at the the in may of last year it kind of changed the culture a little bit in that clubhouse they have a lot of professional guys that have been along have been around baseball a long time but when gerardo parra showed up it seemed to loosen guys up he came in he hit a big grand slam against the dodgers when the nats were struggling in may that won them a game against an incredible opponent out on the West Coast, and that's kind of when things took off. Gerardo Parra not only picked up some big hits for that team, but you know he he made things fun, and that's what players you yeah. saw him loosen up. Guys like Steven Strasburg that are pretty, um, you don't really see them expressing a whole lot of emotion, that sort of thing. Not that they're not having fun playing baseball, but it's just it's good to have a guy like Gerardo around, and I think that he provided a, a different kind of energy for them for the rest of that year. But you know, with, his impact could certainly can stick around, you know, for years to come. But with the other two, Matt Adams and Brian Dozier, personally, I think that those two holes have already been filled with right. other free agent signings. But, you know, and hopefully from the Nats' perspective, there'll be upgrades. But, you know, those guys, they're obviously champions, and, and they won't be back for 2020. So Anthony Rendon, obviously the big departure, seven years, $245 million to the Los Angeles Angels. Uh you know, I've, I've tried to rack my brain and think about what the single most important thing the Nationals are losing is. And I think it's hard because of, like, what a dynamic player he was. And, you know, for me personally, I think the guy who's going to actually suffer the most is Juan Soto. Because Juan Soto was always hitting in or around him. And I think Soto, with a guy of that talent, hitting near somebody who is equally of that talent, and usually behind him, too, I think it gave him a lot of perspective and it gave him a lot of insight on what to do on how to handle yourself in certain situations and certain at-bats against certain guys. And I feel like, you know, he's only 21. So, and everybody says that, but I'm saying that as a negative, like, is he, you know, did he pick up on enough? You know, is he ready to be the, uh, the lead banana, if you will? 
I think that's what the Nats are going to miss the most with Rendon. What do you think? I think with Juan Soto, obviously having an Anthony Rendon in front of you or behind you in the lineup changes things. It's certainly a benefit, but I also think that Juan Soto is one of the smartest, not just young hitters, but hitters in the league. He's well beyond his years. I wouldn't hold his age as a negative. I think he's, he's more than capable of kind of handling the load in the middle of the order, but at the same time, they're obviously not going to have the same offense that they had last year without Anthony Rendon. You can't replace a guy like that. Somebody's going to have to fill in and hope that they do as well as they can, but no matter what, they're not going to replicate Anthony Rendon's 2019. And the ways you try and overcome that, in the middle of the order, you don't really know who's going to step up. Is it going to be a guy like Eric Thames? Is it going to be you know, Ryan Zimmerman, Howie Kendrick, those guys, Victor Robles taking a step forward as he gets a year older. Those are the important things that the Nationals need to have happen to overcome the loss of Anthony Rendon. And in addition to that, they need the bullpen to give up less runs. So you want to go from having a bullpen that's worst in the league to hopefully a little bit better because you know your offense is going to take a little bit of a dip. So you try and make up for that in other ways. All right. Simple question. Would you rather have Anthony Rendon or Steven Strasburg? Because that was the point. That was the choice that was laid out heading into the offseason. And obviously they chose Strasburg. I would rather have Anthony Rendon. Your thoughts? Under the context of those two contracts, I'd rather have Steven Strasburg. And here's why. Really? Steven Strasburg is more willing to defer money, which the Nationals are obviously... Okay. They, that's something that's very big for them. They did it with Max Scherzer. Right. They've, they want to do that with guys. Bryce Harper didn't want to do it. Anthony Rendon didn't want to do it. And because of that, they're not back. With Steven Strasburg deferring money, it gives you more of an opportunity to sign other guys. And I think we've seen some of that this offseason with, with getting guys like Eric Thames, getting Will Harris over from the Astros, re-signing Daniel Hudson. Those are things that can't. That are probably not going to be done by the Lerner family if they don't sign Steven Strasburg with some form of deferred money. And I think those additions are necessary to kind of maintain that depth that they need to be competitive again in 2020. Yeah, but I just think it's hard when you're signing a pitcher to that long of a I mean, look, you're, you're basically giving up some years down the line, right? You're going to say, hey, look, this is a window. We're trying to win in the window. And also, too, this guy's going to give us – he's going to defer money, obviously, and it allows us to bring in some, some new guys now. But performance-wise, you know, Strasburg finally realized himself last year. But that did come at a price. Those, you know, he did have to. He was a horse last last postseason, and th- there have been hangovers in the past of when you ride guys to that extent. And this is not somebody with a you know spectacular uh, injury history, as it goes for the Nationals' point of view. So I think from that perspective, of a thirty-one-year-old with with that large of a contract, look, I know it's what the market dictated, and I, I understand that. But and I know his, his attachment to the Nationals. But with Anthony Rendon, I felt like he gave them the best chance to capitalize off this window they had as a guy who was an everyday player. I, I really believe that. And look, I think both arguments are pretty strong, actually. I think there's really good points on both sides. But, you know, for the Nationals, I just I was I've been so impressed with Anthony Rendon as a player. I think he's been the most underappreciated base player in baseball for a number of years now. Do you agree with that? Yeah, he's an outstanding player, and I don't think – I think because of his personality, he doesn't get that right, much exactly, attention. Exactly he's, like, a, yeah. he's a quiet guy. He's not seeking the limelight. He really likes to, to be behind the scenes. With Bryce Harper in D.C., he was certainly able to do that, and with Mike Trout on the Angels, he'll, he'll probably be able to do that over there as well. But Anthony Rendon, obviously, he, his name – 
got the recognition and attention it deserved during the playoffs of last year and really during the entirety of his outstanding 2019 year. So that was good to see from that perspective. As far as it, it goes with the Nats replacing Anthony Rendon or who's more valuable to the franchise, is it Rendon, is it Strasburg? It's hard to say without knowing who's going to be the third baseman that replaces Anthony Rendon because that's not going to be an easy job. And in, in my opinion, it's going to be tougher than replacing Bryce Harper, one, because I think Anthony Rendon's a better baseball player, offensively and defensively. And second of all, because he's just won the World Series as a three-hole hitter and came through with some major clutch hits during that run that it's just it's going to be hard for anybody to replace that guy. And it's hard to say who it's going to be. Is it going to be Carter Kimmel? Is it going to be someone else? But it's not going to be easy. And without knowing how that replacement can fill in for Rendon, it's hard to say which one of them is more valuable to the franchise. Because we could certainly sit here and at this same time next year and saying letting that guy go was a major mistake. I hope you enjoyed part one of Connor Jones and I conversation about the Washington Nationals offseason and the Major League Baseball cheating scandal. Next episode, Connor and I will discuss the new additions to the Washington Nationals, which ones we like, which ones we do not like. And then in our third podcast of this week, he and I will discuss a sit-down interview at Town Hall that Nats manager Davey Martinez did with Chuck Todd at SiriusXM. I was lucky enough to be there. He also spoke with reporters, too, there at Sirius. So we'll talk about some of his comments and a lot of what the Nats skipper said about the upcoming 2020 season and a little bit of reflection on the 2019 season with some of the the tales that he spun uh, here in D.C. at Sirius. So looking forward to that. Please subscribe and download and look for that next episode should be coming here tomorrow night.